When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I am your host, Joe Quazala. We are going to take a break this week in terms of our regular programming. If you've been listening, we have been doing quarantine playlists for the past few weeks, and we will continue that most likely next week. But we felt it was necessary to do a special episode this week given that we lost the great singer-songwriter John Prine. He unfortunately, if you haven't read the news, he contracted COVID-19, and he passed away on the 7th, and it's a tragic loss. He was a beloved musician, both the millions of fans and very beloved within the musical community. He was not an inductee of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he was nominated for the first time for the 2019 class. He did not get in, but because we were doing our podcast at the time, we did do an episode entirely devoted to him. And we had the very funny comedian and writer George McAuliffe, who is a huge John Prine fan, and we really liked talking about John Prine and learning about him. And so we wanted to re-air that episode. As some of you know, we've come a long way in terms of our production value on this show. So back then, the sound maybe wasn't great, the levels weren't good, and we didn't drop in songs. So I went back through the episode and gave it a polish, and uh, here it is. The remastered John Prine episode. I will say a trigger warning. We do kind of candidly talk about what could happen induction-wise if he died. Uh, so if that feels insensitive to you, just a reminder that this was recorded in the fall of 2018. And we were just kind of talking about the future. Uh, it's obviously very sad. It's a sad day. It's a sad week. But... I hope you guys can find some joy in listening to this. Here it is, our John Prine episode with George McAuliffe. How did you get into John Prine? I think I... Um, was you know, it potentially through Bruce? Because he's yeah, a big fan. Yeah, because I knew that they were both kind of labeled the New Deal, and there was this whole school of folks yes. in the 70s oh. who were looking... People he's were a like, contemporary of Bruce Springsteen? He is, yeah. yeah. Okay. You um, know, uh, Prine's first album mm-hmm. was 71, and what, Bruce's was like 73? Yeah. Huh. And very and so different. It just shows you when people are labeling things, like scrambling to find the new yeah, thing. Yeah, they, they want to put something on. Cast somebody. a wide net. Yeah. Um, so I knew about that, and then I would think there was some interview like ten years ago where Springsteen showed his like uh, iPod playlist. Sure. Yes. Yeah, a, a very popular feature to do with musicians and presidents. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it was <laughs> exactly. And he had a few John Prine songs. I'm like, I need to listen to this. Mm-hmm. And I listened to Clay Pigeons, which is actually a Blaze Foley cover. But it's so John Prine. The days and the nights that it takes to get back in the saddle again. Feed the pigeons some clay. 
turn the night into day and start talking again when you know what to say. And then that just sent me down this rabbit hole and just like the depth of this person and, you know, and his eye and his style of writing. And it was just kind of the opposite of what a lot of artists that I know, how they kind of go about their work and how I would like to think that I do. Ooh, whether I fall do you short. creatively uh, connect to John Prine? Absolutely. What, what, is, what do you mean by his songwriting style? Well, it's just like um, it's just the the lack of ambition. But also, no, but but with a but with a, a strong point of view, it's like I have this point of view that burns in me and I'm going to be letting it out ever One so often. One way or the other. Right. So that's going to happen throughout a lifetime, but not having to be like, this is going to happen a thousand times right now and I'm going to need to figure out how to do this and I need how to, to make some it. changes to make sure this happens. Mm-hmm. He kind of just sat back and he's more into, you know eating meatloaf on Tuesdays in Nashville than like focusing on his career. So he'll have like these large gaps in between albums and they'll come out and it's un- unbelievable. It's like this treasure trove that just gets, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, he seems, he seems focused on the work as that, you know, as what it is. Yeah. Uh, he seems very unassuming. I wouldn't call him a star. No, you know? no, not at all. I mean, he's having a resurgence now because of Jason Isbell and Sturgill Simpson and these mm-hmm. new great country not really country. country. All country. All country, yeah. country kind Who of progressive country type people. Yeah. But they're like middle finger to Nashville, kind of yeah. like Willie Nelson and those guys were yeah. back in the 70s. Almost like punk country, if you will. Yeah, that, that's an apt term, yeah, I think. Yeah, But they really connect to him because they know the depth and they can kind of see that. Like I, I call it like an empath's um, way of write, style of writing where it's just felt very deeply. And they all kind of have that. Um, Is his music sad? A lot. Oh, yeah. Is it melancholy? It's kind of like country melancholy. Would you say that's accurate? But it's also very funny. Like there's a sense of humor in it, and in between it, like you'll almost like a country Randy Newman. Maybe, maybe not that funny. Not as many. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't like tickle the ivories like that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's a little like Broadway flair. but but in in a sense of like having style of like witty and you know subversive songwriting, and it can kind of stop you on a dime. Like he has this song called My Mexican Home, which it's just him describing his home in the summer, basically, like with all the <laughs> details. And then at the end, he talks about his dad passing away on the porch and how his friends sat out there in this Mexican home and drank bourbon and cried. But it's like this three act play almost where it ends with this moment. And if you didn't stick through the, that first part, you wouldn't have such a vision of this moment in life. Well, my father died on the porch outside on an August afternoon. I self-burbered and cried with a friend by the light of the moon. And yet Prine has been eligible since 97. I was surprised I didn't realize he had been eligible for that long. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this is the first time he's been nominated. It was really an out-of-the-blue nomination because it felt like, well, if he hasn't been considered yet, why would it come up now? Yeah. I think it has something to do with the fact of this new album that came out this year. Yeah. yeah. Did very well, got a lot of attention, had a lot of people attached to it, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Dan Auerbach from uh, the Black Keys was like heavily involved in like songwriting yeah. and uh, appearing on the album. So the hall does not, beyond the 25-year eligibility, there's no real criteria for why someone gets into the hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have put together, though, my own list of criteria that I think lines up pretty well 
with the people who've been inducted. And I think if you do well in these categories, you have a decent shot at induction. So we're going to go through these categories cool. uh, with John Prine. Uh, we're going to start off with critical acclaim. I think he is a critic's artist. Yeah. You know, yeah. he is someone who, especially because of like that, I feel like his type of songwriting is like a critic's dream. That's what they want. They want sophisticated, witty. I mean, you take that versus like Def Leppard. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 The world as we wish it was. It's kind oh. of what I think of a lot of, you know, comedy and music and things that I love are like, if I like something, it's like, well, that's not, doesn't bode well for it financially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there, there's a lot of depth and he's received well critically, maybe not given the over the top adoration that someone like a bruce springsteen gets or bob dylan gets but i think is still but those two guys give him that like yes. bob dylan listens to him and you know it's the mm-hmm. um, midwestern mind chip uh trips to the nth degree is what he said about john prine wait midwestern mind trips well, mind just, mind trips. describing oh, wow. Prine's music yeah wow yeah. That's yeah, he, cool. he's he is such a musician's musician too. Mm-hmm. Man, there's a okay, lot of credibility. So is coming. John Prine the Midwest Bruce Springsteen? Not John well, Cougar Mellencamp? Well, I mean, you... he came up through the Old Town School of Folk yeah, music. You, yeah, you know where Corcoran's is in Chicago. Yeah, um, was an old place called the Earl of Old Town, and mm-hmm. a lot of the he started there and um, was playing in that exact. Wait, space. he's like a Chicago guy? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Suburbs know. of Chicago, what? Mayfield. No, yeah. I didn't know that. And his that. brother taught at Old Town School folk music, and he yeah. learned guitar there. And That's yeah. so mm-hmm. wild. And he's, he's kind of considered the main guy out of his... There's like a crop of folk musicians who came out of Chicago at that time. None of them as famous as him, but like there is kind of a crop. And he's like kind Steve of like, Goodman was Steve his Goodman, good Steve Goodman, who's friend. one of his uh, mm-hmm. collaborators, yeah. I have long hailed John Mellencamp as the Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen of, of the Midwest. Midwest well, but... see, that's another one. When people compare... <laughs> Bon Jovi and Bruce. I'm like, mm. and when they say Mellencamp and Bruce, it's like, I think We're getting it may warmer. be a different frequency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that maybe. I know what you me- mean. The but I think but the working man's, class, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that poor John Mellencamp's gotten yeah. a bit of a bad rap. I don't I think, think if he's you, all that if you, if the meter... He's too pretty. I get it. Poor guy. <laughs> you know. The kind of meter going from going from Bruce to Mellencamp. I just called John Mellencamp for <laughs> I know. I was like, that's not a common. But he was like, people thought he was <laughs> yeah. like a yeah, sex in his symbol day, back in feathered the day. hair yeah. kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, I was kind just going to say, if, going from Bruce to Mellencamp, if you did that same uh, difference, but going the other direction away from Mellencamp, you, you get to Prime, you, I think. Yeah. Maybe they, they are kind of similarly linked the same amount of way, but just in different directions. Yeah, yeah in different directions. You are correct. He yes. said he deceives himself between Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash because it's such a country sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that can also hurt people with his kind of uh, wit and and depth yeah. is that he has a country sounding voice yeah. and that can be a turnoff and they don't give it a shot. Might be one of the reasons he didn't make the ballot until now because the hall, if there's any genre lines that are kind of drawn, it feels like country is one of those. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a country, you're not rocking. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas yeah. nearly everything else yeah. is. Now we sometimes Talented bring up Dolly Parton. <laughs> we sometimes bring up in. this, uh, this Rolling Stone, list because if that's one way to gauge uh well, yeah, 500 greatest mm-hmm. albums of all time right 2012 edition <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure either one is fine there's two editions there's two. and there were minor changes made between each oh, i really? just learned this last week so john prine 
on the list. He is. Of 500 greatest albums. What is his, his greatest debut, album? For his yeah. debut, which is uh, just called John Prine from 1971. And that is on the list. Are we always going to have you guys try to guess what number? That's fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. What number do I think? Okay. I think it's if, out of the 500. I think it's probably... Mm, I think it's in the high 300s. I think I'm going to say three... No, I'm going to say 347, mid 300s, 347. Great. George, what do you think? Um, I'll say 380. I think it's higher. I'd like to As take, much as I'd like to, you know. I'd like to take it back and say $1. <laughs> mm, I, that's the only time I'm ever going to use that joke, I promise. That's not true. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, my man, I'm not Jay kidding. Prine coming in. <laughs> oh, boy. Looks like. That made myself laugh. Prine coming in at 452. Wow. Oof. Which is crim. I mean, that album. The thing with it though is like he's so young on it, and those songs sound better when he sings them now. Yeah, oh. now that his voice has aged yeah. into the kind of the character, that yeah. he, his persona. Yeah, but the actual songs, there may be no um, start to finish album that is that strong. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'd say it is a testament to the strength of that album, the fact that it's even on that list yeah. because there's not a lot of there's country on that list, but you know, yeah, it's just so good. Yeah, and I, you know, I, and we'll we'll transition into the next category, which is classic albums, and I think that is one where definitively classic. Trying to, because I don't know a ton about John Prine, especially before the nomination announcement, uh, when I was trying to figure out what his songs were, I pulled his greatest hits just to kind of get, and I'll, it was a lot of it was just that, that first album, album. like yeah. a, a lot of from that first album, yeah, and then you know the albums that came after that, I'm not sure. I mean, I think well-received, but I don't know if I would put any of the other ones in the category of, like, always in the conversation of, like, greatest albums of yeah, all time. Yeah, probably, yeah, I don't think so. And, you know, he was putting out albums nearly every year for the entirety of the 70s. Uh, and some of them were record company. It seemed like they had their hand in it. Because when you strip a lot of those down, they're they're amazing. Mm-hmm. But then some of them can have this twang. It's like, it's not him. It's like, um, yeah. but then they'll have, like, three songs on those that are still... Less production. He is probably he probably benefits from less production. Yeah, that's and why just, his last two albums are so good, and they're like in his top five probably mm-hmm. because, because it's just, his his most recent albums. You would put in his top five. I would absolutely. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. So he's a fine wine prime. He is. And Jesus, yeah. the missing years is another one I'd put in there. Okay, but they're not going to make those kind of lists. Mm-hmm. But they're they're great. And talking about his recent work, he continued to perform after having major surgery because he had some sort of cancer. And then it like removed part of his neck. Yeah. Whoa, neck uh, cancer. It like, changed his appearance and his voice. And his voice. And... He had to learn to not only perform but speak again. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, yeah. But he's doing it, and it, it changed it. But it he's still he's still pretty great. The next category is iconic songs slash recognizable songs. And if I'm being perfectly honest, the average person I don't think knows any John Prime songs. Right. Yeah. Except for like the Angel from Montgomery. Make me. Uh, and then I guess the other ones I'd throw in, uh, maybe from that first album, there is a song called Sam Stone. Oh, yeah. Sam Stone came home to his wife and family after serving in the conflict Yeah, and it has the, the great line, uh, what is it? There's a hole in daddy's arm where the money all goes. Jesus Christ died Jesus for nothing. Jesus Christ died for nothing. Yeah. There's a hole in daddy's arm. 
Christ died for nothing. And then the other, like, Ugh. I think kind of big one. I, know. I can't do it. I, I can't do it. I don't have it in me. This is a song called Paradise. Down to Western Kentucky, where my parents were born. And there's a backwards old town that's often remembered so many times. When I see him play him live, too, like, I've never been at a concert where people are laughing and then you just, like, pin drop. Um, and know, then everybody's pretty, just silent, it's pretty taking in. Yeah. And then he had a song from, he did a, an album of mostly covers, except for one song, In Spite of Ourselves. And this was like 98, maybe? 99? Yeah. Wait, we're rolling? Mm-hmm. It's him and uh, Iris Dement. 1998? <laughs> this is where I feel like his sense of humor is like on full display. She don't like her eggs all runny. She thinks crossing her legs is funny. She looks down her nose at money. She gets it on like the Easter bunny. She's my baby. I'm her honey. I'm never gonna let her go. George, are there any other tracks that you would point to as being notable, recognizable, seminal? Iconic? It's hard to think about. Yeah, you know, it's for me. It's your yes. personal <laughs> yeah, choices. What are your yeah. personal choices? What's your. Uh, you got gold. You got gold. Sometimes when I hear his his record versions, I'm like, it's still I still like it. But when I you hear it, it's like Springsteen has songs like that too, where the when you strip it down, very different, the song yeah. in the heart of it is is unreal, mm-hmm. and it kind of gets overproduced and loses something. Yeah, I mean that had a bones. lot of production on it. It was kind of like a jaunty little yeah little ditty. Yeah. But I yeah, yeah, it's probably more heartfelt when he's just on the stage. Yeah, yeah, it, totally. Uh, the next category is commercial success, which you know he's not he's not selling millions and millions of albums the last album that he released in, in 2018 the tree of forgiveness was number five which is shocking that's but like also his but ever, i mean yeah. that's because that's the, the, the only people industry. who are still buying right. music are the so people it, who are his it fans. is funny like... the last five or so years where it's like wow rush finally had their first number one album <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, not yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> oh of course weird al yankovic had his first number one album oh, yeah wow. there's so many of those like people who've been around for a long time who finally got number one albums and, but it's a know, combination i feel like it does mean that they've connected to a new audience too because yes, they, they've been able to hold on to something yeah. in addition to having loyal fans yeah. and the music industry failing that uh <laughs> right right but <laughs> he said his audiences say. have like quadrupled in the last five years from jason isbell and Sturgis oh and wow so. okay that's pretty cool yeah but i wouldn't give him a ton of points in the commercial success category yeah i wouldn't yeah. uh i forget that because i'm so locked in i'm in my own <laughs> yeah you're not even thinking no. about <laughs> longevity is the next category you know he was like i said he was putting out albums nearly every year in the in the 70s and i feel like i mean you, you got to give him credit like what we were saying with isbell and uh and sterl simpson and him putting out an album this year that people like, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, the longevity is there. If we're talking about his artistic peak, you know, we're talking about maybe nine or ten years, 71 to 80 or something, just looking on when his albums stop being so frequent and when they stop charting. But I think props have to be given for the fact that he put out a recording this year that got a lot of good yeah. notice similar to like warren zevon was a similar he had his last three albums were as great as those initial that initial surge mm-hmm. but it was at a different time right but also going through like for someone to go through like 
you know, disco and sin oh, and yeah, yeah. alternative rock and whatever the 90s was after that. Yeah, rap then, rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, my I mean, gosh. But yeah. there's something to like Pop this punk. core artist, you mm-hmm. know, and there's fashion and then there's the real thing. There's right. A, you know. And the, the songs shine through mm-hmm. and he never uh, <laughs> violated his, his principles or, you know, right. what, what he stood for. Right. Which is pretty cool. Doesn't not trying to hold on to it with some like bizarre surgeries and you know, his were not <laughs> his not were needed because yeah. of medical reasons uh and then the next category is He's... influence and innovation i think this might be his strongest one of his stronger categories uh because we've already talked about people like bruce springsteen and bob dylan and yeah. bonnie Raitt, and uh, creeping into now sturgill simpson and uh jason isbell and there's weird ones that pop up too uh like vile um yeah there's oh, an interview I could definitely hear that yeah mm-hmm. there's an interview with roger waters from pink floyd where they asked him about radiohead and they were like what do you think of radiohead and he went i i listened to it i didn't feel anything let's talk about john prine oh really yeah see. and he was like i want to he was like i think that guy's really great and i think he makes music that speaks to me it was an interview where they just wanted to get his opinion on, like, the new British yeah, bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was just like, well, what about uh, John Pride? I think that guy's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. It's like you have to find them at the right time and age, and I don't know. It's something – I don't know if I would have listened to him when I was He's not for the 20s. youth. Yeah. He's not for the youth. Right, you have to have a little life and heartbreak. Yeah, and... you have to have a little bit of life underneath your yeah. – belt to to appreciate a a wine like that yeah and he had it when he was i mean he was like so young when he when he wrote those early songs but if there's something i think i look back at a lot of artists and now you're almost not allowed to have enough or you're so guarded that it takes people until they're in their 30s to be able to experience enough life to bring their their um experience and yeah experience into the art yeah yeah and it's uh, wild. It didn't used to be like there could be twenty, and you had enough right. from Vietnam, or I think there's yes, just, yeah, you grew you grew up faster, and people are having yeah. that now. I think mm-hmm. um, Chris Christopherson founded or founded found. <laughs> yeah, he's not a Wait, McDonald's in Chicago. Wait, uh, that's an incredible story. Wait, Chris Christopherson okay, just kind no, of. No, excuse me. Back it up. What? <laughs> So Chris Christopherson, like in A Star is Born, (laughs) (laughs) found he was just at a show. I think he was with Steve Goodman, had made had a little success as his um, friend in Chicago. And he was on tour, maybe with Chris Christopherson. And he kept saying, you have to come see my friend, John. And he finally convinced they're like, we don't want to go see your friend. Yeah. (laughs) You know, hard pass him and, and and a movie star. I forget the woman's name. But they end up taking Barbara a cab. <laughs> That's her primary thing. She's a movie star. <laughs> so they take a cab to this bar in Chicago where he was playing. And he do was, you know the name of it? Was it the, like the Empty Bottle or something? Like I'd be crazy. No, it's not there anymore. Okay. It was um, um, the Fifth Peg. I think sure, an Armitage. It. Yep. They were. He was finishing his set. That's where Roger Ebert initially wrote this review that like put him on the map. Right. Ebert's also part of Prime Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's very very Chicago. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, this Uh is amazing. Extremely Chicago, yeah. But then they, so he's cleaning, you know, the the chairs are on the tables and this rock star comes in with a movie star and they're like, we want to see your stuff. Can you take the chairs down? And and so he plays like Sam Stone and Angel from Montgomery. And they were like, can you play those all one more time? (laughs) Because they loved them all. And they're like, that just kind of, they're friends to this day. Yeah. Kind of launched his career, took him to New York. I think at that point he was a mailman. 
He was, yeah. He was working as a mailman, which is very cute. Yeah. Writing a song, delivering mail in Chicago. So uh, the last category, I mean, I think, yeah. So there's so much influence that we can see from artists, both who were not just contemporaries, but were like around before him Mm -hmm. that seemed to be influenced by him all the way up to some of the, the country musicians and songwriters that we see today. The last category is, does my mom know who this is? No. <gasps> really? She does not. Although did you my... ask her already? You, mm-hmm. you sent her a little text. You yeah. do your work before the show. I, did I do... do mine during. <laughs> uh, but my dad does have an album in our basement. Huh. So he, he knew. But my mom did not. My mom, resounding yes. Y-E-S. Oh, really? Oh, yes. And no, and then... no hesitation. Not, I think so. Oh, not... that's great. Yeah. yeah, my mom knows who John Prine is. But like I said, he really fits the category what she, what that, of what for, my yeah. mom listens to. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Little Feet, <laughs> Los Lobos, yeah, yeah. John Bonnie, yeah. you know, that's Tom Petty. Like, that's all, they're all circling the same type of style and like mm-hmm. yeah i could especially that last song that we were listening to that you got gold song i could see my mom hearing that and being like yes and that's probably <laughs> why i've heard angel from montgomery too probably yeah. i've heard his version and, and hers right. just because of that growing well, all up. right george does your mom know who john prine is yeah my mom has really good taste in music she but she i don't think was a fan of his necessarily but she, know, she, she knew she knew of him yeah mm-hmm. yeah then sometimes that's the most important category because it's just about does the average person know yeah. about this artist yeah and that can be damning mm-hmm. you know yeah if not i enough... think that's his biggest weakness in yeah. all of this is just like the name recognition the name recognition is mm-hmm. not there right but a lot of musicians vote mm-hmm Bob Dylan gets a ballot. I don't know if he yeah, turns yeah. it in. Every member of Aerosmith gets a ballot. So He's one of those that people would probably, if they don't, usually they're like, well, we're going to vote for John. Yeah. Just, and you don't, you, Maybe you, like people who wouldn't normally, who just abstain, they're like, ah, who cares mm-hmm. about these kids? Yeah. I mean, and then they're like, oh, John's in there. We'll yeah, yeah. just vote once. And then right, for, right. Then, you can, if you for John Prine and MC5, yeah, yeah, send it totally. away. There's nothing stopping you from voting for one act and it would be counted. Yeah. All right, let's do our verdicts. Okay. Should John Prine be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Will he, when, and will it be this year? All right. Here's what I'm going to say. I have really enjoyed my time with John Prine. I have... Your prime time? My prime time. I really have. <laughs> prime time life. I, I think, like, I think he's really talented. I don't know that he's famous enough to almost be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, being mm-hmm. that I am much more familiar with many of his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. And I can't draw exactly a straight line from him to, do you know what I mean? Like, I think he's very good. I just don't know. I mean, should he, I wouldn't be mad. I think yes, but I don't Mm -hmm. know that he will, I guess is what I'm saying. I say, yes, should he, I wouldn't be angry if he got in. And then do I think he will? I do not think so. Oh wow! I I, I think maybe someday, unless there's something kind of, I mean, uh, who knows? This is probably going to come back to bite me. We're going to be playing tape of me being like, no, no, no. Yeah, and it's right. like it just Angel from Montgomery from this year's yeah, induction with is playing Def in the Lebert's background. playing it with John mm-hmm. Prine. Okay, <laughs> Janet Jackson is doing an awesome dance number yeah. in the background. She comes down as the Angel from Montgomery. It could really be a wild assortment of inductees this year. Yes. Well, but There's he potential. was truly... works in the background. Beeping and moving. <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, be he was truly the wildest card as far as nominees were mm-hmm. concerned yes, without and a doubt. so to me i don't know if it 
But then what do I know? I only know you, what I know from this which podcast, is more than most, which is more than most people. But I don't I, I don't know that he ever will. And if he does, I would say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm like, not this year for sure. Maybe 10 years from now, okay. maybe like 10 years from now when I don't know. Sergio Simpson is running the hall. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's my uninformed, semi-informed mm-hmm. opinion. George, what do you George. think? It's hard because I just don't, you know, my <laughs> trust of humanity. I mean, I think he absolutely should. I think yeah. there. If, I mean, if there, if it's made, if there's musicians, American musicians who are made to be celebrated, it's people like him who are from the beginning till now, keeping the same kind of integrity and vision. Mm-hmm. I think he will because I think there's been this big wave of momentum behind him recently if it's going to happen i think it's going to be this year oh wow stiff but competition it is yeah. i know but i, I will it say happens while he's alive because i think he deserves that kind mm-hmm. of moment and also george i will say i will caveat that with to say i think if it's going to happen it would be this year but i sadly do not believe it's going to be this year it could you know i think he has an outside shot especially because first time on the ballot mm-hmm we don't know how yeah, the we voters no previous... would respond to him. Mm-hmm. We do know that musicians love him. He's a musician's musician. Is he too country? Is he too folk? Um, I mean, I don't think you can be too folk for the Rock Hall, honestly. Right, which I, I agree. Baez when Joan Baez in, is in. You've made the tributary is yeah. open. Mm-hmm. I agree. All the... I run DMCs. Yeah. I mean, they're like, you have to, if you want this to be something worthwhile. Like, yeah, you have to you expand get, your definition yeah. of yeah. rock Right, and right, roll. right. And I think he is given the moniker of being country, which we know is not allowed, but folk is, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think he's way more folk than <laughs> yeah. his country. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I that accent. i think he should get in if not for just the influence of people who so many people who are in will he get in i think he will get in because i think he has the amount of respect that is required to get in going against the lack of fame and name recognition i don't think it'll be this year i worry that it will be immediately posthumous mm-hmm. oh is that that might be what it takes hey it didn't work for whitney no which is crazy I d- don't but it that. might have worked if whitney died now do you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> if that makes any yes, sense no, but like the does. hall yes, is like no, a little yeah. bit different from what it was back when whitney died yeah at any rate yeah, I I, I, I think... just always got to bring up my faves. Mm-hmm. The demons. You know, there was a there was a um, I was listening to him on the way here, and there was a quote in one of his songs that I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of like what sums it up. And he said, um, you know, I could have me a million more friends, and all I'd have to change is my point of view. So I think Ooh. that to me, wow, is he could get a, a million more votes, right? Have to, <laughs> but, have to fundamentally, but all he'd have to right. do is be a different person, right? Right. Yeah, I it's think like I'm glad he's not. If he does, if that's what it takes, and if you yeah. know, not getting into the keep rock and roll fame hall. keeps him John Prine, mm-hmm. then they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I think t- ten years was about on point. It could happen sooner if if he dies, or wow. if he, I hate saying that, oh or if gosh. he gets like very sick. I don't know. It j- it feels like something has to happen that would a groundswell of support that you know would be created. Yeah. All right. Let's say he gets inducted though. All right. Let's say it happens this year. Who inducts him? Um, I mean Bruce probably Bruce. I mean that would be that would be cool. Or um, Dylan, I think would do it for him. Which is if they could get Dylan to one of those ceremonies again, they would they would go nuts. And yeah. I think Dylan would probably show I think up. He probably would. Well, well, okay. Or or the young guys. 
Yeah, I don't know if Dan Auerbach or yeah, the Black Keys guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're big enough in that world. I, I think they. I think they would. What if be. they all did it together, in unison? What if Springsteen <laughs> and harmony? Dylan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's that kind of like he has that kind of respect. I think that they would. And then it could also be Bonnie Raitt, or it could be like Emily oh, yeah. Harris, or it could. I mean, these are these are all people who have shown up uh, and participated in the yeah. in the hall. It really feels like the doors so wide open to just about anybody that is you know you make a good point of the dylan factor which is that if they could get bob dylan to one of these ceremonies i think that everybody would be what what do we have to do do you think they'd cook the books you think they don't i don't think they would cook the books Uh, (laughs) you can't say that here on the (laughs) (laughs) and then okay let's say he's inducted what the the artists usually play three songs what three songs do they play? What three songs can I name? Yeah, right. Angel, Angel Montgomery, Montgomery Sam Stone, Stone Soup. Okay, Sam Stone Soup. Soup. <laughs> Sam Stone. I mean, we just. I, I would. It would definitely not and be good as gold. Right? Is that that song? Full. You gold, got your, gold. Your, your Full's gold. Good as gold. Those three. That's what I think they would play. I'm curious what his top three on Spotify are. Good cue. You know, I saw him at um. He played um this uh, benefit at the Ace Hotel recently, mm-hmm. and he played four. It was like everybody plays four songs. Okay, well this is this so is I may have a yeah. yeah. He gets he is ultimately in charge of yeah. it. You know, he played two new ones. So I forgot. I just realized as I said that. Okay, uh-huh. so probably not those. But he played all the best, which is kind of a deep cut, but it's a beautiful song. I wish you love and happiness. I guess I wish. You are all the best. And um, uh, Angel from Montgomery. Well, on Spotify, they don't list them in order of plays, but I'll read them in order of most played songs. Their number one most played song is In Spite of Ourselves. Number two is Angel. Which is, which is what, uh, yeah, what, is that? what we played. Mm-hmm. That was the song from like the late 90s. Yeah, that yeah. Singing with, uh, oh, Iris with the Demand. woman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, the very country one. I could see playing that. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then if like someone uh, yeah, inducts him, you, like Bonnie Raitt or Emily Harris or yeah, you know, you get them out there Lucinda doing a Williams duet or anybody. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love it. That would be appropriate. Yeah. Uh, then we got number two, Angel from Montgomery, Which, with see, like way less that. listens. The top, in spite of ourselves, has thirteen million listens. I wonder. Angel from Montgomery has five and a half million. I wonder what that is. If it was like in a movie or something. Yeah. Or if That's, someone covered yeah, it. Yeah. Or, or if someone covered I know, it. Like Sweet Revenge. The re- that had to be in a TV show. Oh. If that's on there. Sweet Revenge is the number three most played song. Number four is Clay Pigeons. And then with 321,000, that's it. That's because it's new. I just called to say I love you. Yeah. And that's the, from the most recent. Oh, is that brand new? It's oh, look, new, Spotify yeah. singles, October 3rd. It just came out. Oh, not too that long is a beautiful ago. version of that song. I just called to say I love you. And I mean it from the back of my If he gets inducted, do you want to go? <sighs> yeah. Great. I'm in. We're going to New York. We'll be there regardless. We're going we'll to New York to oh, see sweet. this induction. That would be. Come, I mean, that would be like. I think come we could see Def Leppard. Seeing him at the Opry was kind of my like. Okay, while he's healthy, mm-hmm, of course. This yeah. is. I need to so take. So, are you making this. this pilgrimage straight up to I see am. it? You were like, I'm going to go see John Prine at the Opry on on New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve. Yeah. Full stop. 
Yep. Are you going on your own? You take going on my own. I have uh, a friend who lives there. Oh, okay. Who I'm gonna see, so it won't be totally solo. But at the show, I'll be by at myself. At the show, you're gonna be by yourself. Mm-hmm. You're gonna openly weep. Oh yeah. It's gonna be great. It's so great. And that's New Year's Eve. Are you? Is that like at midnight? He's gonna be playing. Yeah, I think so. <gasps> I love and that. And a lot of like Nashville guests. So hope maybe Isabel plays Aww. sometimes. And that's that'll be incredible. That'll be incredible. That'll, that'll be, be so, so great. But that. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, what a moment that would be for him. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be pretty wild. I mean, I will be honest, it would be one of those times when, like, the hall actually opens a lot of people up to a person, to Mm -hmm. an artist. I mean, you know, it'd be like how I learned about Sister Rosetta Tharp last year. It could be, that would be the moment where I'd be like, whoa, this guy. Yeah. They should have, like, some honorary (laughs) title like that, right? Like the Oscars do. I mean, there's no honorary. Inducting. There's some like categories. There's side categories. Yeah, you mean like, like a special induction? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he could be. They could decide to induct him as a songwriter mm-hmm. in the non-performer category, but I think that is dismissing the fact that he's a performer, right? You right, know? right. But they, they've they've done that before. They could put him in musical excellence, but I think I think they have to give him a shot in the regular category yeah, for a totally. little bit, just because that's where he belongs. So that was our John Prine episode with George McAuliffe. We hope you uh, enjoyed listening to it. And, you know, go seek out his music and listen to it because he was really a great one-of-a-kind artist. And hopefully that came through while you were listening to the episode. Hopefully next week we will be back to our quarantine playlist 2018 is the next class that is up uh as always you can email us rockhallpod at gmail.com we're on twitter and instagram at rockhallpod uh you can subscribe to us on apple podcasts thank you to mike lloyd for the logo yusu kim for the music thank you to joy divine for the equipment Uh, thank you to pantheon podcast for hosting us and r.i.p john prine i'm joe quazala and who cares about the rock hall? Give my feet to the footloose, careless, fancy free. Give my knees to the needy, don't pull that stuff on me. Hand me down my walking cane, it's a sin to tell a lie. Send my mouth way down south and kiss my ass goodbye. But please don't bury me down in that cold, cold ground. No, I don't know how them cut me up and pass me all around. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.